This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, November 18th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. State lawmakers who want to protect liberty should look closely at how cities regulate all manner of activities, from home sharing and ride sharing to home-based businesses. Christina Sandifer is executive vice president at the Goldwater Institute. We spoke in Colorado Springs last month. So many of the people in uh, the liberty movement, broadly speaking, are really focused on federal regulation. Yeah. Uh, there is a dramatically less focus on state regulation, and not many people at all are really, truly worried about city regulation. And you wouldn't even necessarily hear about it if they were, because uh, that's not super interesting outside of that city. Right. But you seem to indicate that, uh, as we were preparing to talk here, that uh, city regulation broadly is getting worse. It's getting a lot worse. You know, it, it used to be that cities were ways to efficiently deliver services to people that would be less efficient if the state had done that, water, um, things like that. Um, and now, increasingly, we see cities passing regulations in addition to regulations that already exist at the state level, expanding this local control at the expense of individual liberty. Okay, so uh, where are the your lawmakers who stand up for free enterprise and uh, the ability to go out and earn an honest living and all this? Yeah, it's, it's an excellent question. I mean, you see cities telling people what they can and can't do with their property and intruding on their property rights, telling them that they whether they can or can't run a business, telling them how they can speak out on political issues. These are things that conservative lawmakers at the state level are supposed to be really concerned about. And yet when you turn to them, when these cities are overreaching and hurting people's individual rights, and you say you need to do something to protect individuals from government overreach, they turn a blind eye and they say, well, look, this is local control. This is, we have to defer to cities. We have to defer to the decisions that people make at the local level. I think they see that as, you know, well, that's the vision of the founding fathers is this localism. Decisions should be made at the local level. So even though these are things that they would abhor otherwise, they say, well, there's nothing we're going to do because this is this is a city doing this and that's okay. So for state states have passed, uh, we're talking here in Colorado. Colorado is one of the first two states to legalize marijuana. Mm -hmm. They put into that in initiative local option. Right, right. And, th and that that seems totally reasonable to me. Well, you know, it is sometimes reasonable to have local options and to make local decisions. But again, there's there's sort of a whole category of activities that we shouldn't have any kind of carve out, whether it be local, state or otherwise, because these are people's individual rights. And the, the most local decision, of course, is the decision of the individual or, or your family. And so telling people what they can and can't put in their bodies when they're not harming somebody else, that really shouldn't be something that's left up to local bureaucrats to decide any more than it should be left up to state bureaucrats or, frankly, people at the federal level, right? This is something that an individual should be able to decide. Um, and so and, – and that's really the problem with this local control myth is that – Control is still control. We're still talking about power, and, and conservatives and Republicans at the state level shouldn't really be thinking so much about power. They should be thinking about freedom. And localism at any level is, an, is a means to an end of protecting liberty. So uh, it sounds like a lot of this regulation, it sounds a lot like zoning to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And zoning is overwhelmingly local. It is. Uh, so, you know, when when state lawmakers are thinking about uh, 
I want to protect liberty. I'm a state lawmaker. There are people in this town uh, or city, major city, probably typically a, bi- a larger sure. uh, city. Uh, what kind of checklist should they be putting themselves through to decide whether or not uh, they ought to be pushing to override or nullify the the local rules that are restricting liberty? Well, look, I mean, zoning is a problem. And frankly, uh, you know, there's a good question and I think a good debate amongst libertarians and conservatives as to whether we even need zoning at all. Um, But that that ship has in some ways sailed. Uh, Zoning has been upheld by the Supreme Court. And so assuming that some decisions about land use and planning can and should be made at the local level, there's still a question about whether, you know, local governments should tell people, for example, whether they can rent out their homes. So we look at something like home sharing, short-term rentals. You know, a lot of cities are saying, well, it's perfectly fine if you rent your home to someone for over 30 days. But if you rent it to them for fewer than 30 days, it's a crime punishable by thousands of dollars of fines and you could go to jail. Um that is something that seems like that should not be a zoning decision. This is not a land use decision. Um, this People are using their homes residentially. You know, zoning is about, well, we want to put factories over here and we want to put houses over here and schools over here and businesses over there so that we can control traffic and nuisance and noise. Z- zoning is not about who gets to stay in my home and how long they get to stay there. So long as they're not causing any problems, that shouldn't be a city decision at all. So when state lawmakers look at these things, they should say, well, look, Cities can make their rules about, you know, when people can make noise and how much noise they can make and if they can park on the street and whether a business can be, uh, you know, uh, located in in a neighborhood or whether it has to be downtown or, you know, that kind of thing. But cities shouldn't be deciding who I can invite into my home. They shouldn't be deciding. And the terms. They shouldn't be deciding whether I can use my personal car to drop people off the airport, you know, with Uber and Lyft or something like that. You know, whether I can can run a business. Um, it's just they should be they should not be doing those types of things. Those are things that really shouldn't be government's job at all. And just because it shifts from the state to the local level doesn't make it any more uh, correct or constitutional. So with respect to like there there are there is a debate uh, among uh, at least libertarians about zoning and mm-hmm. whether or not uh, zoning should move from the local level to the state level uh, to take care of the NIMBYs. Yeah. Um, but with res- specific respect to people who want to make productive use of the assets that they hold, a home, a car, mm-hmm. uh, a yard, uh, in that respect, where where are we seeing cities as a, as a group moving toward sort of heavy-handed regulation there? Yeah, well, I mean, c- cities, c- cities do say, well, these are all zoning decisions. These are decisions that we should be able to make as a community. So they outlaw not just things like short-term rentals, but cities are actually starting to outlaw. They have business they have business licenses. And those used to be so that cities can collect taxes. And, you know, whatever we think of that, you know, telling someone you're running money in the city and giving some tax revenue to the city it isn't the end of the world. And it, it's somewhat justifiable. But then when they use these business licenses to say, well, you know, you, for example, are uh, doing a medical billing business. This actually happened uh, in Arizona in one of the cities near Phoenix. Um, you can't do that from your home. You have to do that from a proper business in the downtown area, even though you have no customers coming in, even though you're just sitting at your computer 
writing up somebody's medical bills. And, you know, for all anyone outside knows, you're watching Netflix on that computer, or you're answering emails. You know, it's not it's not a business where you have public coming in and out. Uh, nevertheless, we don't think you should be able to do that out of your home. And we're going to require you to do all of these sorts of things, including putting in a commercial parking lot in your home, even though you don't have customers. Um, all sorts of crazy processes and making dr- people jump through all sorts of hoops just in order to run a business from home. Again, these are decisions that, I mean, cities are moving into this sort of micromanagement um, level of regulation that just doesn't make sense. That is not, even if you accept zoning as legitimate or some governing at the local level as legitimate, That are, those are not the types of things that cities were, are supposed to do, that that was not originally conceived as part of zoning. And we're getting cities and NIMBY neighbors, as you say, or special interests, you know, say the hotel industry or the taxi industry, when you look at home sharing and ride sharing, you know, going to these local governments and asking them to place regulations in places where they have never previously regulated. What's the economic impact? Oh, I mean, the economic impact is, you know, it's massive. It's, it's you talk about... Um, an economy that is growing and changing because of technology where people can, as you say, monetize assets that they have. They can have more flexible uh, working lives if they want to work from home or if they want to rent their home or drive for Uber, things like that. Uh, and when cities tell them, no, they can't do that, um, I mean, people are people lose money. And the economic impact isn't just on that individual. Of course, that's, that's hurting the city. I mean, frankly, these cities are biting the hands that feed them because um, they're losing opportunities for tax revenue and they're losing opportunities for economic growth. And then, ironically, cities oftentimes turn around. This is another area where cities are expanding their powers and they take tax money and they give it away to private businesses in the forms of subsidies to try to attract economic growth to the cities in ways that frankly, consumers don't even really want um, because it's all being done at the local level. And again, states are are refusing to step in, um, in when those things happen, too, because they say, well, that's a local decision that the city is making about what businesses should be in the city. Um, what cities need to do is back off. Who's doing a good job? What states are doing a good job standing up for? Yeah, well, there are states that are that are standing up. Um, So my uh, home state of Arizona has has made some significant progress here, Um, although we still have local control conservatives. um, We've managed to pass a number of laws at the state level. We passed a home sharing act, for example, that says, look, cities can regulate noise and traffic and nuisance, but they can't outlaw short-term rentals. We've passed protections, uh, similar protections for uh, ride sharing. We passed a state law about um, donor disclosure protecting the freedom of speech and privacy because a lot of cities in Arizona uh, is one of them. There are cities in Arizona that are saying, if you want to spend money speaking out about local political issues that are on a ballot, um, you have to turn over and you're an organization, like say the Goldwater Institute or the Cato Institute, you have to turn over private information about everybody who's ever donated to you um, and yeah, make that is, public. This is ballot initiatives. Yeah. These because are, right. Because you can corrupt a ballot initiative right, somehow. Right. Yeah. This is not candidates. This is ballot initiatives. This is things like, should we have a soda tax or, you know, should we have a bond, should we spend more, you know, increase our property taxes, things like that. So if I want to speak out about that as a group, um, then 
then, you know, then I have to turn over all this private information about my donors, when, and then they can be harassed and intimidated. And um, and so the state passed a law that said, no, cities, like, that's, that, that is a free speech right. You have the right to speak anonymously without having your identity broadcasted for everyone to know. Uh, and, you ha- and you have privacy rights. And those are constitutionally protected rights, as are, by the way, property rights and economic liberty. These are all things that the Constitution protects. Um, but cities ignore that. And so the state has passed a number of laws. Uh, and Arizona is only one of several states that have passed these laws that have said, no, cities, you know, you have you have a role and you're overstepping your role when you do this. Uh, and the states have the authority to do that. That's the problem, I think, is conservatives that think about local control uh, and put too much, give too much deference to the cities, they're thinking about the state's relationship to the federal government. They think about federalism and they say, hey, you know, states step up and push back against federal overreach. And so states, you know, in the same way we should give cities these powers. But the, this constitution, I mean, our founding fathers gave states powers that the federal government does not have. Uh, cities are creations of the state. Cities exist because of the state, and the states not only have the authority, but I think the duty to step in and stop cities when the cities are overreaching. Christina Sandifer is executive vice president at the Goldwater Institute. We spoke last month in Colorado Springs. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.